dad, you can join the Bible study. Mom, you could join the Bible study even though you're in central Kansas. You can join us via Zoom if, uh, if the internet works out there. <laughs> if it's made it, if it's made it that far to, uh, to the middle of the country, you know, so you're going to mount a camera so the people on Zoom can see the whole group, and, and yeah, that's perfect, but we have a perfect message. We, we just are limited sometimes in our ability and our extent to reaching out. Well, Zoom makes it so that we can reach out around the world, so if you need help, we're, we, you know, we've got a virtual church bus. We, we've got a, a, you know, Will. We've got some guys like Will who can help you set that up, get the camera set up or that sort of a thing to do that. But anyway, welcome. It's good to see everybody. I hope you're doing well. Um, this is week six in our Onward Christian Soldiers series. And so um, there's a lot going on in, in the world. And, and I think as, as you know, God's people, we need to, we need to stay on point in the mission he's given us. And that's really hard sometimes. So we're doing an Onward Christian Soldier series to help us weather storms like this without getting knocked off track. So I hope, I hope you've been able to tune in on, on the first five weeks uh, with that. But let's start with, with prayer, and then, and then we'll jump right in. I, I hope to have time for a small group at the end where you can kind of work through, where you can work through some of these things that we're covering. So prayer, then teaching to where we can kind of work through some of these things. Christine is, is making extra copies of the handouts, so she'll be back in a second with some extra handouts for everybody. So once again, welcome. Glad you're here. Let's pray, and we'll jump in, okay? Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and, and we're gathered in Jesus' name, and Lord, there's so much going on in our lives individually, in our society, in the church, and God, we just want to take this time this next hour, and we just want to see what you said to us. And then, Lord, we just want to respond. God, we, we acknowledge you, and we acknowledge that we desperately need light and love and hope and peace and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And, God, we need the things of the Spirit of God. And, and Lord, uh, we confess to you that we struggle at times and, and that, Lord, when, when bad things happen and hard things happen, we don't always know how to respond. And so, God, we just ask that this morning you'd have your way in our hearts and lives. And, Lord, best we know how, God, we'll, we'll be ready to receive and then to work through the things that, that you have for us out of your word this morning. Lord, it's a simple message, but it's also something, God, that, that we really need. So just help us. We ask all that in Jesus' name, amen. So open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we'll start by the way of review. By the way, both this class and the next class, which is pretty similar, are going to be live streamed. I know Clarence is planning on giving a testimony of how God's at work in his life during this time of COVID. Next time you might want to tune in and, and check that out. We won't be having that 
at, at 8, but we'll have that at 9.15. But by way of review, this morning, we've learned so far in the Onward Christian Soldier series. In this series, we've learned that we have within us God's gift of a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. If you are saved, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been given a gift of God that resides within you. And this is in, first Tim, in Second Timothy chapter 1. But that gift is a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And we need to stir up this gift within us for the battle around us. And if, if you don't understand that there's a battle going around on around you, if you don't understand that intellectually, I'm willing to bet you understand it experientially. I'll bet you, you didn't just come in here without having gone through some stuff. Okay? We need to stir up the gift within us. The, that word stir up is like blowing on the embers. Like, I think there's still some heat there. I think there's still some life there. I think there's still some fire there. But it's got to be blown. It's got to be stirred up. I need the, 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 the wind. I need the spirit to blow and kindle those flames and revive that thing that's within me. We saw last week. Last week, we were in 2 Timothy 2.2. This is all review. Last week in 2 Timothy 2.2, we saw the, one of the most famous Midtown verses. 2 Timothy 2.2, it's our discipleship verse. Okay, and we saw, when we compared Scripture to Scripture, we saw this phrase, the phrase, among many witnesses. That, that phrase is in that verse. The verse says, Paul telling Timothy, and the things that thou hast heard of me, Paul tells Timothy, the same things, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And we saw that that is both the method that we're supposed to follow, and it's the mission that we're supposed to accomplish as the church. That phrase in there, among many witnesses, what that means as we compare Scripture to Scripture, we saw that means that the things that we heard, where everyone's kind of hearing the same thing. So you could, if, if, if you came in these doors and you said, I recognize I need to be saved, what does that mean? You could ask Tim that question. You could ask me that question. You could ask Wagi that question. You could ask Kevin that question. You could ask Christine that question. You could ask Connor that question. And guess what? We would all give you the same answer. We might say it a little differently. It might come a little differently from different personalities, but it's going to be this. You would hear the, uh, uh, from many witnesses, you would hear the same thing. That's what we're supposed to teach. And what we saw that is if we'll just simply follow that formula, it protects us from elitist cliques in the church. These have been present from the intertestamental period, from before the New Testament even started. We got these guys, the Pharisees, okay? We've got the Gnostics, the Herodians, the Zealots. We have versions of these historic cliques in our churches today. I don't know if you've been a part of other churches, if you've, if you've church hopped or church shopped or if God's moved you. I don't know if you've been part of these different churches, but you know you've probably heard that they don't actually say it out loud. But this is the message you'll hear sometimes. 
You can only know the truth by coming to me because I'm your authority. And if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong and you're in rebellion to God. Okay, that person, Pharisee. Okay, the Gnostics. Oh, the things that you've heard of Paul among many witnesses. That's milk. That's not meat. If you really want to know what's going on in the Bible, you need to come join my inner sanctum of secret Bible. I mean, you need to come join my Bible study. Those guys are out there, okay? The Herodians, the, the, the politicians, both within the church and people who outside the church, it's all about politics and being connected. Zealots, wrong is right if we feel strongly enough. Okay, all these people are in our churches all the time, and we are drawn to some of these different things. I would be a great Gnostic, okay? Not a very good Herodian, but I could be. Well, the problem is this. God gave us a mission to make disciples. I don't have time for all this other stuff. And you don't have time. If we'll simply do 2 Timothy 2, 2, it protects us from getting drawn away into all this stuff, either from becoming this person or getting drawn away into a clique. And, and so review last week if that doesn't make any sense to you. Okay. By way of introduction this week, I want to... I wanna, uh, this actually doesn't introduce the message very well, but I'm going to come back to it. So just, I, I just want to talk about the 1904 Welsh Revival. Has anyone heard about this? Yeah, okay. So in 1904, okay, Evan Roberts felt led. He was a, a seminary student, okay. He felt led to go back home and, and do a conference and just preach a revival, so to speak, in his hometown. And so the... Evan Roberts, 1904, and he, and he felt led to do this, and so he just, his, the, the pastor in town said, you can have the building next to the church, and you can preach to the youth. That's what he was given permission to do. He said, okay, th this is one of the tent meetings that resulted from that. And Evan Roberts had a very simple fourfold message, and I've got it here on your handout. The message was, first of all, confess any known sin, right? God is faithful, okay? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's, that, that's, that context is fellowship with God. Why would you want to carry that stuff around with you? Just unload it, right? Okay, number two, deal with and remove any questionable things or habits in your life. All right. Like, well, I don't know if it's bad necessarily. It might just be dead weight. Well, just get rid of it. Get rid of habits or things or relationships or things that just, that are questionable in your life. Why, why would you have something questionable in your life when souls are at stake? You know, just, just get rid of that. Number three was be ready to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost immediately. You know, every time we close our eyes to pray, every time we open our Bibles, you don't know what God's going to show you or lead you to do. The next time you bow your head, close your eyes to pray, God may say, I'm sending you somewhere to be part of a church plant. Are, are you willing to go? We, we don't know, but, but our job is to have a willingness and a readiness to obey 
that's the point kind of that, that made me think of this as, as I was preparing this message today. The fourth one was confess Christ publicly. So there's a group of youth who just said, okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll take the time, be introspective, meditate, confess any known sin. I'll get rid of questionable things in my life. I'll, I'll just tell the Lord I'm willing to obey, present your bodies a living sacrifice. That should sound familiar. And then, and then um, confess Christ publicly. And the result wasn't just that they had giant meetings all through Wales, and, and, and really this spread across the world. Jails were shut down because they didn't have anybody to put in there. The, uh, the miners, okay, the, the guys who would go down and do coal mining, the, uh, the donkeys that pulled the carts couldn't understand the commands anymore because the miners quit swearing. So the donkey only knew to go when they said, go, you blankety, blankety, like, when the miners stopped swearing, the donkeys were like, what's he saying? I, I don't even know. I don't under, who is this person who's, who's now treating me kind, kindness and respect? Yeah. Could you imagine that? The society itself looks completely different. They would just have lists after lists after lists in the newspaper of people that came to Christ that week in their community. Anyway. That, that revival spread around the world. and Anyway, so there's those four different things actually show up one way or another, directly or indirectly, in these passages that we've been covering this morning. And, and I'll come back to, to part of that as we move on. But we have to move on, and we won't have time for a small group. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Look at it with me, if you would. This is what we read. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to do is we're simply going to work through this word by word or phrase by phrase until we understand what this verse is communicating to us. And so, first of all, it starts with the word thou. Thou is a word we don't use that often anymore. But if you look, if you look over in the text box on your handout, okay, Okay, what we have is, is you is the pronoun there, okay? Singular, is it's all T's in your King James Bible. So if, it, if the word is thou, thee, thy, or thine, if it starts with a T, that's singular. It's talking to one person. It's talking to you individually. If it's Y, ye, you, your, or yours, that's plural, Okay. So I, I was thinking to myself, grandma says, sit and play. So grammar is grandma. Singular starts with T, there's sit, S-I-T, and play, plural starts with Y. Grammar says S-I, singular is, is T's, and plural is Y's. Grandma says, sit and play. Grammar, as you look at this word, S, singular, is the T's and the plurals, is Y. So, so why does this matter? Well, okay, so, so let's look at an example here, okay? So I, I had to do some research, so I got out my grammar book, okay? <laughs> Did this research so that I could share all this with you. 
Look at this verse. This is a familiar verse. It's two verses. Luke chapter 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Singular or plural? Plural. We didn't think that was plural, did we? You thought that was that he was just saying, Peter, Satan desires to sift thee. It's not. He's talking about Peter and the other disciples. Look at what he says. But I have prayed for thee, singular or plural? Singular, because it starts with C. I mean, T, because Grandma says sit. Singular is T. Okay. And thy faith, that's possessive, fail not. And when thou... Okay, I'll talk about thee and thou here in a second. Are converted, strengthen thy brethren. Your brethren will need strengthened. Therefore, I've prayed for thee because Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And so I just wanted to share this with ye so that you wouldn't be like those vows that the Bible that's given to thee, they can't read. Okay, all right. Does that make sense? The these and thous. Now, with the thy and thine, that's possessive. That means, so subjective, that's the subject. That's the person doing the action. Objective, that's the object of the, of the sentence. So it's something happening to you. Possessive, that's something that you own or belongs to you. Thy, okay, tends to come before a, uh, a consonant. Whereas thine is, is if there is no word following it, the kingdom is thine, okay? Or if it's, a, if it's a vowel. So it's like what a and an. Sometimes you use a, sometimes you use an. It depends if there's a consonant or a vowel following that. So, so that's how it is with thy and thou. And sometimes thine is used because it's, 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 it's used more definitively, more, more strongly. So there's your grammar lesson for the day. Um, well, actually, we'll have another grammar lesson here in a sec. So, all right, we'll, we'll move on. But thou, okay, you as an individual, okay? So you, you know, we need to apply this to ourselves as individuals. Therefore, so thou, therefore, is the next part of that verse. So therefore, we have to ask what it's there for. There was a therefore in, in verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and now there's a therefore. In verse 3, thou therefore. And so the therefore in verse 3 refers back to verse number 2. Okay, so because we have to do number 2. Wait a minute, that didn't sound right. Because, because, because we've been given the mission of completing discipleship as described in verse chapter 2. Therefore, okay, so ready? Here's a charge to you. You have to do what God told you to do in 2 Timothy chapter 2. There is your charge. Now, therefore, because you've been given this mission, you need to endure hardness. Okay, therefore. So, so the therefore refers back to verse number 2. And this is what we're supposed to do. Endure hardness. Okay, so verse number 2, that's going to be hard. You've been given a mission to make disciples. The things that thou hast heard of me, the things that you've received among many witnesses, the same commit thou, 
the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We have a structure for that in this church, okay? What's our structure? What's the heartbeat? What's the main structure that we have for doing this at Midtown Baptist Temple? Discipleship. Particularly what part? D1. D1. D1 is where you personally. So you, I think you all ought to go to LFBI. Get super smart. Learn everything you can. That's super duper. But that is not actually fulfilling the mission that God gave you. If you go to the Bible Institute and graduate, does that mean that you have taken the things that you've heard among many witnesses and committed them to someone else who shall be able to teach others also? No, you haven't completed the mission that God gave us. Thou need to take the things that you have received and teach someone else who can teach someone else. As we do that, as thou and yo, as we and ye, as we all do that, okay? We're out of room and we got to plan a church. We got to send people out. We got to figure out who's going to take the next class because we're, we've been full. Not, not that that matters, but listen, living things grow. The method and the mission is 2 Timothy 2 2. Okay. Is that going to be easy? No, it's going to be hard. So we have to endure that hardness when it comes. And this is really the, the, this is really the crux of the, of the message here. It's hard because of spiritual battle. You say, well, how do you know that? It doesn't say that in the verse. Well, it says, like soldiers. <laughs> what do these soldiers do? Well, they fight battles and wars and things. I mean, that, that, that we have an enemy, and we've been talking throughout this entire Onward Christian Soldiers series about ministering in light of spiritual reality. Why does it seem so hard to do right all the time? Because we have an enemy. We can't, we can't see him. But we know, according to God's word, that we have an enemy. We have to put on our armor every single day. We just go out and get flummoxed. Okay. So number three, we need to endure hardness, not escape hardness. Okay, so I'm glad my, my mom's here today. I guess when I was little, I was super whiny. I guess that just, you know, I remember it very differently, okay? I remember there just being very unreasonable expectations, but, but, but she, uh, she'll, she'll tell you, I was kind of a whiny kid, like easily overwhelmed. Like I would be presented with something to do, and it's like, oh, how could anybody possibly do that? It's overwhelming. And so, you know, being the gentle soul, my mom just said, look, you can do hard things. Quit crying and just go do it in a loving way. I'm not bitter still at all, okay? Okay. But you know what? That was so good. You know what I told my kids growing up? Yeah, I know it looks overwhelming, but you can do hard things. It's too heavy. Well, do you want bigger muscles or a lighter load? You don't want a bigger muscle, well, then, then get going. You know, yes, I know it's hard, but just because it's wrong. Okay, so the Lord is gracious and good, and he always makes me work through things personally before I get to preach them to you. That's only fair. I don't want to be a hypocrite. 
Well, I'll tell you what, this week was hard for me. I worked 36 hours in the ER and then, and then at the church and in Christine's honeydew list. It's so long. Could we with ink the oceans fill and were the sky of parchment made? Every blade on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write Christine's honeydew list. The scroll could not contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Man, it was a hard week. And so I was actually, I was actually forced to really kind of work through this this week. And you know what? We have a natural tendency. Okay, so let's just be honest. We have a natural tendency to try to escape hardness instead of endure it. So that word endure, that's, a, that's an interesting word. Endure means you don't quit when you feel like quitting. Think about endurance sports, okay? Endurance sports, th those aren't sprints. Those aren't jumping. That's not throwing. That's something where the real challenge is, can you really run that far or that fast without quitting, right? So... You know, in the middle of a 100-meter dash, nobody stops and gets a drink. It's just, you got like 10 or 20 seconds, depending on how fast you are, and that's it. The race is over. But in an endurance sport, your legs start talking to you, and your lungs start talking to you, and you start, you're conflicted. Because you want to finish the race, but you also want to quit. And it's both your mind and your legs and your lungs and your will and your spirit, like, like it's all arguing. I remember the Suicide Hill Trail Run. It's the first time I prayed earnestly for the rapture to happen right now. <laughs> I understand why it's called the Suicide Hill Trail Run. Because I got this hill about mile five or something. And, and I'm just thinking, if I could fly, if I had my glorified body right now, I would just fly up this hill, but my hamstrings were on fire. I want to quit. Okay, that's when we need endurance. It's not when you sign up for the race. It's not when you decide if you want to be a runner. It's when it gets really hard. And so this would be the question for us, and maybe this is a small group question. What do you struggle with in terms of your endurance? So that relationship, you started that thing and you said your vows and it was great until it got hard. Did you endure that job that you started and you were happy to get it? And, and you started that job and it was all good until it got hard. You know what doesn't work in life? Okay, so listen, this doesn't work in life. That you start things, quit every time it gets hard and then try again. Going from job to job, relationship to relationship, church to church, friend group to friend group. And every time it gets hard, instead of putting down roots and enduring hardness, you just, it just drama happens. Okay, I don't know. Maybe you've lived that. Maybe you've seen that. Endurance is what enables us to continue even when it gets hard. And this is the message that we're getting today. Don't quit. Don't give up. We need to endure hardness. Don't try to escape hardness. Christine and I started training for a race together.
we paid the money, we signed up, we started doing our couch to 5K program. And the plan was we do the couch to 5K, we do a 5K, then we do the couch to 10K. Okay, so we did, we started that and then I got hurt. But we'd already paid the money. So Christine's like, ah, went ahead and, and ran. It was a 5K, it was the first race, right? Oh, I, that's right. I signed, sorry, thank you. I signed up for a 10K. I got hurt, couldn't do it. So Christine, I, I switched. You were able to, to gift your, your, your uh, applicant, you know, your, what do you call it? Your injury fee. So I just switched it over to her name. So she ran the 10K because I couldn't. And I went and cheered her on and, and at some, she's not bitter anymore. <laughs> Okay, but something happened in there, okay? Something happened during that time, and, and that brings us to our next point, okay? Like and as, this is our next grammar lesson. Like means similar to, or in, in the same way, you know, okay? As means in the role of, okay? So like and as, two super important words as you study your Bible, because we're able to use familiar things to understand things that, that might be spiritual and unfamiliar. Anyway, as means in the role of. So, so the goal is not just to endure your current trial, but to become a certain type of person, okay? The goal is not to just endure your current trial. Now listen, you do need to endure your current trial. And we want to help you with that. But the goal of this, because the verse says, endure hardness as a good soldier. In the role of a good soldier, endure hardness. So what it is, is we need to become a certain type person. And, and what type of person do we need to try to become? Well, the type of person who soldiers up, and I almost didn't use that because some people don't like soldiers. But just, you know, if you've got negative connotations about soldiers, just, you know, show grace. But you understand what I'm saying. Soldier up when hardness comes. What type of person are you when hardness comes? What this verse is saying is that we need to be the type of person that when hardness comes, number one, we're not surprised by it. We knew it would happen because the Bible tells us we're supposed to endure it. But then what happens is, is we are going to endure. Paul is a good example in this. Here in 2 Timothy, there's some verses. 2 Timothy 1, verse 15. Paul's telling Timothy, he says, This thou knowest, that all which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. Paul was undergoing hardness. All his ministry team had bailed on him. Okay? Look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. He tells Timothy in verse 9, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Look at verses 14 through 16. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou ware also. You, hey, watch out for this guy. For he hath greatly withstood our words. 
At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray that God, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Paul was someone who had gone through lots and lots of trials. Timothy, as his disciple, as Paul's pastor in training to become the bishop of Ephesus, the chief city of Asia, the place in which all people had turned away from Paul. And now Timothy's going to go there and be, hey, I'm Paul's right-hand man. Boo. No longer was that a really awesome thing. Listen, when hardness comes, young leader in the church, endure it. Soldier up. Don't quit. Don't try to escape it. You want bigger muscles, not a lighter load. Christine started running. And what happened was, you know, I wouldn't say you complained a lot about it. I would just say it seemed very difficult at the beginning. It seemed very, very, very difficult at the beginning. And she would explain to me every time she went to run how difficult this was. You know what she explains to me now that's difficult? It's when she can't run. If she can't go put in her six miles running up and down the hills in our neighborhood, she, she describes how that's difficult to me. You know why? What, you know what changed? What changed from I have to go run, but I don't want to, to, man, I hope I can get my run in today. You know what changed? She became a runner. It wasn't that she just did a race and endured that. She became a runner. We need to become soldiers of Jesus Christ who endure hardness. Good soldiers, oh. okay, good soldiers, you know what they do? They just follow orders, rank and file. Look at Luke chapter 7 with me. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. In verse 6, there's a centurion who wants Jesus to heal his servant. And, and the centurion asks Jesus to heal his servant. He says, Lord, trouble not thyself to come to my house, for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter my roof. But look at these next two verses. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. So Jesus, you don't have to come to my house to heal my servant. I'm not worthy that you would come to my house, but I'm asking you to do this. And if you just say the word, Jesus, it'll get done. And this man, the centurion, he says, For I also am a man set under authority, 
He says, I'm a person who receives orders from someone else. I'm in the rank and file system of the Roman army. I understand what it's like to receive orders. And he says, I understand what it's like to give orders. He was a centurion, so he was over 100 soldiers. He had a century of soldiers. Verse 8, for I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And this gives us insight. There's some other passages that talk about soldiers in the Bible, but this one gives us great insight because those soldiers are ready. They're, they're there. And when the centurion who receives orders, who's a man under authority, gives orders, you know what the soldiers do? If the order is go, the soldier goes. If the order is come, the soldier comes. So the soldiers are people who obey the leading of their commanding officer. All right, we need to become people who obey the leading of our commanding officer. The same stories in Mark chapter 8, verse 9. That's what I put in your handout. So, so here's, what a, here, here's kind of a concluding sentence, maybe. Good soldiers follow orders, rank and file. They receive orders and they give orders if they have some degree of authority. Fighting to completion. Okay, so if you are an officer and you give a soldier an order, the expectation is that soldier who signed up for this, by the way, like you, you went to the recruiting office and you signed up for, to, to follow orders. That's part of the deal. So if the commanding officer gives an order, what's the expectation? You follow it. Not you follow it if it's easy. You follow it, well, except on Wednesdays. I mean, come on. You follow it except when it gets hard. The message in this one simple verse is endure hardness, but that's not it. You endure hardness as a good soldier, not just a soldier, but a good soldier, one who's going to complete the mission even when it's hard, and that's going to take endurance because it's going to be hard because it's a spiritual battle. We're fighting the good fight of faith. It is going to be hard. Don't be afraid of hardness. Just become someone who is capable of enduring hardness. You can do hard things. Okay. Our, and, and so this is really what brought to mind the Welsh revival. Be willing to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost immediately. Soldiers, hey, I need you to go. I need you to come. Soldier doesn't say, well, you know, when I feel like. No, you're, you, you're a person under authority. As good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we need to be willing to complete the mission he's given us. Well, our mission is given us by the captain of the host, and so we trust and obey him. So I'll just kind of conclude with a couple of thoughts here. God's the one that, that gave us the Bible. He gave us scripture, and he gave us instructions. He gave us the mission, okay? I didn't give you that mission. I didn't write this book. 
Your spouse didn't write this book. Your spouse didn't tell you what kind of husband or wife you're supposed to be. Your employer didn't write the Bible, which tells you what kind of employee you're supposed to be. God gave, we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Endure hardness as a good soldier of your boss. No. Of your spouse. No. Of your neighbor. No. Of yourself. No. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I simply trust God according to his word, I'm being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, how's that going to turn out? Well, that's not my concern. I'm not worried about that. I am in a place of perfect peace because I'm trusting God. So uh, Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. We get blessed through simply trusting God. We trust him by simply doing what he says. So, so, so marriage is familiar. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Talking about marriage in Ephesians 5. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, let men, so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. That will be hard. <laughs> okay, that's hard to do, honestly except for me, because I have the perfect wife. But for all y'all, for ye, for you, I mean, uh, that's hard to do. So, well, endure hardness. If you trust God with your marriage, then we just simply obey that as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, because he's the one that gave us the instructions. I don't, I don't have to trust my spouse. I trust God and his grace through my faith will be poured out over my marriage. And I can, I can trust that God's got it covered. He's going to take care of me one way or another. Does that make sense? Simple example, but that's what we want to do. I'm going to close now in prayer. And then we want to break up into small groups for the last 15 minutes here. Just kind of work through what are some challenges that need to be overcome for us to become, listen, not just to get through our current trial. And maybe if that's where you're at, like, look, I don't even know if I can get through my current trial. That's, that's, don't, that's fine. Let's focus and pray on that. If you're not in the midst of a current trial, here's the challenge. Just how, how can we become a different type of person, one who endures hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, not one who tries to escape hardness. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. I thank you for just the simple message that, that, that we receive from this and god we want to act on it so i pray that in our small groups we can just pray together and talk together and maybe personalize this so that there's some action that could come out of this lord we love you we thank you and